In episode 10.1 of Unshuffled, we're doing some doom. We're discussing the first album from Paul Bearer. It's called Sorrow and Extinction. Let's get into it. Welcome listeners, welcome back to Unshuffled, always great to have your company and a special welcome to first time listeners, if there are any of you out there, thanks for thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is Unshuffled, I'm your host Matt and joining me as he always does, but not from Japan this time, but from his little lumberjack hut in the, the hills of Vermont is my co-host Scotty D. Hey Scott. Hey Matt, it's it's been a minute. I feel like uh, I feel like we're all kind of potentially first time listeners at this point. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. has been a while. Sure has. We say it every time. Always an air of excitement though when we start a journey with a new band, and uh, we've got ourselves a, a new band. Well, at least for us. I mean, that's the idea, right? Uh, today we're going to be starting with the first album from Paul Bearer. Now, listeners, if you if you're new to this, the idea here is we're going to have a look at this album in some detail, and we want this conversation to be, you know, it's not quite the um, what do they call those things, those reaction video level of conversations. We're going to, you know, we have listened to this in depth each of us for the last well month or two six now. months <laughs> but we want you to sort of have that experience yourself before you listen to us and, and then you'll feel like part of the conversation so if you like heavy music and you haven't listened to paul bearer yet um i can recommend that you do so and you should hopefully start with the like we did with the first album it's called sorrow and extinction and that's the album we're going to be looking at today it's a little tricky to track down, actually. It's not actually on Amazon Music or I, I'm not sure that it's on Spotify. So you might have to dig a little deeper. I'd recommend Bandcamp. You can download it that way. Or it is on Apple it, Music. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, so that, that that might be a way in for you. Otherwise, yeah, if you can track down the CD, of course, that's always the best way. Or the vinyl even would, would be amazing for this one too. I don't have the vinyl. I have the CD. Actually, um, you know, I couldn't find. Do they have? Are there vinyl pressings of this? Did you find it? There have been. I thought I'm pretty sure I've seen a purple one somewhere, but uh, oh, I didn't see it. Yeah, I don't know. Try through the Bandcamp page, listeners, if you're keen to track it down. So we're going to dig into that in some depth, as we always do, and uh, we've got a slightly new format. Um, so. <laughs> I mean, the idea was to cut down on uh, on the length of the episodes by only looking at four songs in depth, but this is only a five songs five song album anyway, so we're not actually saving ourselves that much much time on this one. But uh, that's all right. We'll we'll stick to our new format anyway. But before we get into it, Scott, I just want to get a little bit of an idea, just to contextualise for me and for our listeners, of course, your experience with this genre. So we're in. We're in uh, doom metal here. We're in the doom. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I want to know, are you a big doom fan? And, and sort of talk about, you know, your, 
your history with this genre? I think here's my thing with Doom. I I like Doom when it's sort of interspersed, right? So there's there's this great playlist on I think I think even on Apple Music. It's just like uh, Stoner Sludge and Doom, right? And so and 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 Doom will come in, you know, every fifth song, give or take, or third. I don't know. And but listening to, I, I do like a little bit more. I do. I like some groove, right? I kind of like some groove breaks. In a band like Yob, I think does a good job of mixing sort of like doom and groove and kind of putting them together. Um, but some doom can just get kind of samey after a while. Yeah. Um. So, but but I know you know like I, Solitude Eternus does. I don't know if that kind of like a proggy doom thing but I, I remember i was big into them back in back in the day i haven't listened to them in years but i did have a, a, a dance with with solitude turnus um high on fire uh I'm trying to think of other doom bands of trouble that i've heard uh, uh sleep again, sleep yes um yeah. they're another one that i think does a good job actually of kind of changing things up a little bit yeah. they they they'll, they'll throw some groove in there uh candle mass okay yeah i mean i've had uh i've dabbled i've dabbled in the doom genre i wouldn't call myself uh an expert by any means but um and my my way in was sort of through the stoner rock you know there's this sort of spectrum where you know the and the grooviest stoner rock bands and then there's those really slow sludgy heavy riffs you think oh that's nice i wouldn't mind hearing some more of that so, and there was a label, Southern Lord, a well-known Doomy label that I had a look at. There was one album I really liked called As Heaven Turns to Ash in the early 2000s by a band called Warhorse on that label. Uh, there was another one, Bongzilla. I, I liked Bongzilla. There, there was an album of theirs that I really liked. I actually played here in Lisbon this week, actually, but I didn't go. Um, couldn't go. Um Sleep, I really like, and then some sort of doomish bands like Isis and Neurosis, which I guess they're maybe not doom, but hmm. but have some doomy slow elements. And then, of course, I mean, you go all this starts and the band credits. You know, you read the you read Paul Bearer's album notes here. The very last line of their thank yous is, and of course, Black Sabbath. So you. Um, there's de- you know, Black Sabbath weren't a doom band, but they were the first band, I, as far as I know, to introduce that idea of just a slow. Yeah, it all goes. Ba- it always goes back to Black Sabbath, doesn't it? Yeah. Like yeah, that. I mean, that's kind of where it all just—the birth of it all. Yeah. Well, they started about five different genres. Yeah, I know. I know. Like different bands picked up different elements of them, but certainly there was a doomy part to Black Sabbath that some yeah. some bands have picked up and run with. But yeah, yes, it all goes back to Black Sabbath. All the all the trees, um, yeah, you follow the branches back, and that's where it ends. That's the sort of trunk of the tree. Um, so yeah, I haven't listened to much Doom for a while, so I was excited to get back into it. And uh, there's been some big noises made about Paul Bearer. I remember they came on a like one of James Hetfield's 
um, the list that had Ghost on it, that got us thinking, oh, let's have a listen to Ghost. I think he almost also mentioned Paul Bear on that list. So he's a fan of this band. Well, isn't this another one of those? Like It, it was with, um, shoot, Abrams, where I think their like first album was really hard to find. But then by the second or third album, they started getting kind of just getting a lot of attention. And I think Paul Bear too, right? I mean, when we get to their most recent album, uh, I think that one has got a lot of acclaim. Yeah, and it's on best of best of yeah. lists and all that yeah, sort of yeah, stuff. Yeah. So I and think we're we're definitely gonna build into whatever that is. Yeah. And the, I mean they're touring with Yob, I think as you know, as we record. So they're big. They're big now. But they weren't, you know, they were unheard of back back in the day. Uh, so let's talk about their first album and you can, as you always do so expertly, give us the details and then we'll, we'll start yes. breaking down the tracks and, and picking out different categories. Yes, sir. With pleasure. Here we go. Paul Bear, first album, Sorrow and Extinction is the one we'll be listening to today or talking about. Uh, seems like it was released on February 21st, 2012. Um, I say seems like, cause I've seen other dates, but let's go with that one. Uh, it was produced by the band, so it was self-produced, which is actually going to come up when we're talking about some some of the stuff later. I'll bring that up. Uh, it was on Profound Lore, um, and that was I think they stayed with Profound Lore for at least the next couple albums. I could not find where it was recorded. The band is from Little Rock, Arkansas, and so since it's self-produced, I'm going to go ahead and just assume that it was and at this point in 2012 they could have done it in their basement with garage band but I, I can't find an actual studio so i'm gonna assume it was in little rock arkansas anyway the lineup is brett campbell on vocals and guitar uh and he'll do most most of the lyric writing as well i think uh devin holt on guitar joseph rowland on bass and then so they okay apparently chuck Schaff is listed on the album, uh, which you so graciously bequeathed to me. Chuck Schaff is listed on the album, but he didn't actually play on the album. Zach Stein, who is the engineer, he played on the album. But yeah. Chuck Schaff is technically the drummer for the band. Mm. So yeah, they're hearkening back to um, back in our days of the Runaways. Yeah, it sounds very <laughs> Runaways-ish, doesn't it? <laughs> right? We have phantom band members. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and then I guess I don't know. Do we in our new format are we still talking about the artwork? Yeah, let's. Yeah, artwork, should we mention? Sure. I, I'm just fascinated by, uh, and you found it. There's that great article on what is it? Invisible oranges. It's on our show notes. Mm. Um, that interview with Sean Reynolds Williams, who did the album cover, and it seems like he was just like an old. I don't know. I didn't catch if it was a high school buddy or a college roommate with. Uh, the bass player, Joseph Rowland. And he did this album cover said he was hugely inspired by Zeppelin, which yeah. I can see. Yeah. So I, I like the artwork at this sort of, um, well, I mean, straight away. I mean, you look at this cover, it's called the band's name is Paul bearer huh. title is sorrow and extinction. And there's the grim reaper, you know, front and center in the album artwork. So, you know, you're not, uh, you, you know, talk, this is not, Taylor Swift here. Um, I think he mentioned something like he wanted a doorway, you know, on that on the album artwork. So we got that doorway in the center, kind of at the center. Yeah, and the, and the swirling 
moons and galaxies in the background, which uh, also come up in the lyrics of one of the songs. We've got a, a ship that's been uh, sort of uh, broken into two and seems to be about to sink into, into the murky depths of whatever that... I mean, it, I, I guess... In a way, there's a, there's a whole bunch of cliches, but I still like it. I still like the sort of uh, fantasy elements there, and uh, yeah, it's a nice it's a nice artwork, and it, it suits it sets a nice tone for the for the album. The other thing I have to comment on, unless you've got anything further to say about the artwork, no, I was just going to say, as far as having buddies do your the artwork for your first album, I think it's pretty well done. I wonder yeah, why it's yeah. not bigger. Yeah, I don't know. It's it, it, it's kind of little. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. the The band photo. You've got the CD there. Yeah. I've never seen a band photo like this. This has to be one of my favorite band photos I've ever seen on an album. It's on the back of the CD booklet. Oh, that dark thing. Okay, I didn't real. I thought that was just a black. I didn't realize there was actually. You're right. Look at that. It's like the monolith. It's so black, but then you stare at it. They're in there, aren't they? They're in there. They're, it's like the four band members, just tiny, standing in front of a church, I think. It looks like a cathedral. They might be in your neck of the woods. I don't know where they are, but yes. Yeah, There's no cathedral front. like that in Little Rock. <laughs> no, right? I, I, I've never been. But I, I imagine not. But, uh, yeah, just it's just so quirky and cool. Like, it's so dark. Uh, you can't actually see what the band members look like. But I love the fact that it's there. <laughs> can't remember who took the photo. We'll, we'll chase that it's, up and put it in the show. It's right here. Uh, Erica Taylor. Oh, there you go. Who I think was a friend or a, certainly knew the band. And, and, yeah, I really like it. So we'll, we'll put the link to We'll see if we can chase down anything else by Erica. But, yeah, really like really like that band photo. And, and beyond that, like the CD booklet is great. The, um, the lyric, I love the font. I, I do too. Lyric. I like the I like the gold on purple. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, kind of a cool choice. Yeah, it's all very sort of Dungeons and Dragons kind mm. of, you know, just just old school, cool. Yeah, yeah. Let's put the uh, album artwork and and uh, booklet aside and get into the tracks now. As I mentioned, we, we do have four categories designed to save us time, but with only five songs, it's not really going to serve its purpose. But uh, the first thing we always discuss, just to give us a sort of common, something in common to discuss, first of all, is the opening track. So uh, would you like to lead us away and, and discuss the opening track, Foreigner? Sure. What an interesting way to open the album, right? I mean, so we're, we're doing this foray into, into Doom, and uh, this really kind of cool acoustic sort of opening. And it, I think what was interesting is I, I've had no experience with this band. So I had no idea where this was going, right? Like I knew it was going to shred into something, but I had no idea where this is going. And so I was listening to that acoustic opening and it was just, and I took a moment to just relish in the fact that I didn't, I didn't know what the vocals were going to sound like. I didn't, I had no sense of the band, but I had an idea. I mean, I've, I've I've listened to this enough to know where this was going to end up. And so anyway, I kind of waited for the distortion and the drums to kind of plow their way in. But even that didn't happen right away as expected. There were moments where I'm like, all right, here we go. And then even then it kind of just went a little bit longer. Um, and the transition and the buildup I thought was very well done. 
the the vocals I'm going to come back to, and I think this is maybe not I'm not casting aspersions on self production, but I think the vocals is the one thing that I think I'll come back to again as sort of maybe a potential pitfall to self production is they just felt super thin and buried. And I kind of, I don't know why, it's just as everything was sort of building off of this really cool acoustic opening, I wanted the vocals to kind of be more in your face than they were. Mm. Um, but I, I have, I mean, this is an amazing way to sort of introduce someone to the band and the album and the, right? And yeah, and all of those. Yeah, what an opening, huh? Beautiful. And I lo- it's well recorded. Like, I love the fact that you can hear the fingers sliding along the strings mm. and um the strings rattling against the fretboard um you know it's it, it's very uh you know you sound like you're there with the band and the drums join you know this this way it builds with the drums joining in um the clanging open cymbal which is a sort of uh hallmark of death metal i, I love the the clang of the cymbal you mentioned the vocals i was kind of expecting a growly vocalist which is always something that you tolerate when you listen to some a band this heavy. I didn't expect to get a, a an operatic style singer, so no. that was a, a a pleasant surprise for me. I just kind of had this epiphany, actually, or as I was thinking as I as I made that comment about the because you were talking about the how the recording and how and you're right. I mean, they absolutely the recording of that acoustic guitar is so well done that i wonder because if you think back i mean you're right when when they list in the credits and they say and at the very end um and of course black sabbath and if you listen back to that first black sabbath album ozzy's vocals are kind of thin and sort of like back right i mean they're not they're not up front they're not in your face they're kind of back behind everything that's true maybe it was intentional maybe i I wasn't as, as concerned about it as you, I mean, you kind of expect in a heavy band like this, the, the, the guitars to dominate and they do. I mean, they're super heavy at a time. They're heavy guitars. I mean, uh, in that old seventies tubey, almost sort of heavy way, but still heavy, very patient song. I love the patience of the on display here. So yeah, I really like the song. Now, Lyrically, I'm, I'm interested because we're both foreigners. You know, you live in Japan, I live in Portugal. Um, neither of us really belong there yet. I mean, we haven't lived there long enough to to feel like a true part of the community. So I, I'm kind of wondering if there was any emotional resonance in the lyrics there. They're quite poetic. You know, he sounds like he's really having a, a struggle, but he just he does keep pushing onward, and he and he calls out for a helping hand. So there's this sort of hopefulness in the lyrics and, and, and it's reflected in the music as well. So it, it's not just crushing doom. There are some sort of, I'm going to use this word a bit, soaring guitar hmm. parts that sort of bring the whole thing up and these little moments in the lyrics too or these little moments of hope that sort of, you know, it, it stops it just becoming depressing and, you know, there's this there's these lovely moments throughout the album like this that I, you know, um, that I really appreciated. Uh, and, and the fact that the vocals are so, well, they're also soaring, you know, um, the vocals are, are uplifting too, the way he sings. So, yeah, like whereas Warhorse, that band I mentioned earlier, was just like relentlessly crushing 
this has some some moments that really can bring you up. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's the opener. Uh, the next category up for discussion in our new format is the killer, the best track on the album. You got a killer? You want me to start it? You want to start? Yeah, go one? with the killer. Yeah, I picked the legend. Oh, I picked the legend too. Did you? Yeah. Um, I really like the sort of that opening bass riff of the song. I like sort of how the this gives way to that sludgy guitar. Um, it, I, the problem is, is that I think it's an opening bass riff. I don't know. They're tuned down to A. I think they're like drop A. Um, and it's it's sometimes hard to tell the the guitar from the bass. But I think that's the bass. I think it's like it starts off with the bass and then it gives way to the guitar. Um, and there's still even the, there's a kind of like a wah pedal effect, kind of a little bit of a Anastasia pulling teeth, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of gives way to all of that. Yeah, I, this is just I, I can't. Unfortunately, I know this is what we do. We talk about these songs. <laughs> and I don't have the words for it. Yeah. I this was the one as I kept going back and listening. This is the one song that I just kept going back to was the legend. And I think it was it was just kind of a mix of everything. It was the, it was the there were the riffs, uh, the way that it opens. There's a, a, a kind of a cool melody to this song. It yeah. just I don't know. There were all these elements of the song that sort of pulled me in. Yeah. And this is the one that I listened to the most. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is the central track on the album. So track three of five central in more ways than one. This is predictable, this song, but in a mm. good way. And I think one of the freedoms that bands have in making their first album is that, is that they can make an obvious song, like a sort of archetypical song and, and you think of um like you mentioned high on fire before you remember ten thousand years off um off there the, the art of whatever it is off, hmm. yeah. but just just to have that freedom and black sabbath just have that freedom to say right let's just set the blueprint of what we're about and i feel like they're doing that here like the lyrics are a classic high fantasy that shadowy figure which is very black sabbathy the immortal spectre waiting in the shadows. And again, the, the poetic lyrics there, you know, he's talking about dying and, and, and his thoughts when he's dying, no more to breathe the air, to feel the warmth of summer. You know, that's, that's such a beautiful, beautiful lyrics. Those little things that you, you would think about missing uh, at that moment. So, and just the little touches. So it is simple, but that there's complexity in it as well with the like the way they use guitar feedback is really expert even at this early stage in their career and, and just little flourishes and and some nice little attention to detail here and there so yeah a, a great doom song and, and um you know an instant classic i think i, I really like this hmm. art of self-defense by the way we've talked art about that album before we've talked about that came up that came up we were talking about another band and that it's funny that you brought that up because we've talked Great about album. that album before. Right. Um, link to it in the show notes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what's our next category? The grower. The grower. Grow? The grower. I do. You it's uh, given grow? to the grave. Yours is given to the grave. Mine. Given no. to the grave is the last one. All oh, right. Ah, oh, the last one's great. Oh no. Talk about mm. the last one. I want you talk about the last one. Oh, yeah. well, I just thought it was the most distinct, of the album um there's the 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 solos 
like the, even the solos are to go back to the idea of soaring they kind of break free sort of of some of that crunchy feel that's kind of in the rest of the album yeah. um it actually is a great sort of segue of this band who's sort of kind of gonna become something bigger right the the vocal inflection is different on this song than it is on any of the other songs um the sounds of the guitar is different it just kind of sounds like a band that's maybe opening up a little bit yeah well it's got Um, that synthy sort of thing too right yeah. yeah 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 and it's a lot more instrumental i guess i mean there's not it's kind of the end of the story. Yeah, I love the jam, the way they jam out towards yeah. the end, and, and and it's sort of there's something transcendent about it. It's it's kind of it's beautiful. This song, it's beautiful. Great choice, great album closer. I think that I th- also think it's a great gig closer, and I think they use it mm. as such. I've I've had a look at a few uh, set lists from this band. I think this is often the last song they play, and, and uh, you can see why. So good choice. My choice was the second one for my grower, which is Devoid of Redemption, about the old man at his moment of death, uh, about to drown in the river. What made this a grower for me is that it grew on me. (laughs) Man, we've got to do better. It's much heavy. This is much heavier than the first. Like, it's really, really heavy, this song. It's one of those songs that it's got this riff in it that just keeps getting lower and lower and lower and lower. And you just think, hang on, is there another? They can't have any more notes on the guitar. But then <laughs> it, it, it just gets really low like, and super heavy, uh, almost overwhelmingly heavy at first. But. Um, so, you know, maybe it's not as instantly attention-grabbing as, as the first song, but uh, it definitely grew on me, and it sort of slows down at the end. It's a very heavy song. It's got – they do some nice things here and there. This has got a really trippy, heavy bit in it to, with, with some echoey vocals and some effect. Like, it's got – um, they do get quite – at times on this album and on this song in particular, they get quite sort of psychedelic almost uh, in some parts. Uh, which I like too. So that that bit grew on me as well. Hmm. <laughs> um, now, trick question here, and because the next category is the filler. Yeah, and you got to say more than it, it fills. <laughs> but here's what I'm going to say: I, yeah. I, there's no filler on this. I don't think there's a filler on this. So you I'm, know what? I I'm didn't pass. I okay. So I didn't. I didn't pass. I didn't cop out. Yeah, well, I think there's five songs. They're all great. But I didn't pick a song. Right. Here was what I picked. I picked a moment. Okay. And and I think here was my thought. In 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 and let's let's disagree with me. Let's make this interesting. Okay. Um, I agree with you that there's no filler on this album. Disagree I, with me. I agree with you. <laughs> it's all it, it all fits. It all fits. Yeah. But I'm wondering if some of those opening riffs couldn't have been shortened. I don't know that we need 10 and 12 minute songs on some of these things. Like the foreigner, you can't. Okay, don't touch that. That, that, that opening thing, that's awesome. Don't touch don't, it. Leave don't it you go touching the legend either. But, 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 but the one that I'm thinking of is Given to the Grave. And like those first, and it was exactly what kind of what you had said. The first three minutes of Given to the Grave, where you had said that this would have been a cool closer for the live set. Mm. Like, I feel like what if, what if you shaved that off? What if we just got into the song? 
right? Mm. We just got into the song and, and that first three minutes that kind of building up to it, you save that for the live performance. Mm. So that's okay. it. I picked the first three minutes of Given to the Grave as my filler. Right. Okay. Fair enough. It's, it's probably... <laughs> you want me to disagree with you. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> uh, those first three minutes are very important in setting the mood for the time. <laughs> Best three minutes of the <laughs> album. <laughs> in fact... <laughs> Oh, come on. They're a doom band. They're supposed to play long songs. I know, That's I know. That's what I they know. do. It's in their DNA. So I think it's sort of, you sign up for that when you when you whack a doom uh, CD on. You, that's sort of part of the deal. It's a test of endurance. <laughs> uh, so the other, what did, did we mention all the songs? We only, I guess the one we didn't mention was the fourth one, which has the lyric video, but that's good too. Yeah, an uh, offering of grief. Yeah, and I like the way that one leads into the last song, actually. So there's mm. a sort of um, connection between an offering of grief and given to the grave. Listen to these song titles. <laughs> That's it. We're, we got through the hell. And, uh, a, well, we still don't we still have standout moment? What were yeah, they thinking? Well, and- yeah, yeah, we got all that stuff. So, right. um, yeah, so. Anyway, we've got through the track discussions. I should sorry, say. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry. we still have we still have some awards to hand out. Sorry. No, no, I probably would have forgotten I said uh, and signed off at that point. <laughs> <laughs> We've also got a bad Brownlow. You always yeah. have to remind me about that too. Oh, shit, uh, I didn't do that. Neither did I. We never do it. Oh, actually. I do, usually. <laughs> I just make it up on the spot. Standout moment. Have you got one? Um, I, okay, so I've got two. Yeah. All right, one feels too obvious. So the the first one, let me call the first one my honorary standout moment because just because it feels too on, obvious. It's it's thirty four seconds, right? It's from the two minute to the two minute thirty four seconds in Foreigner. It's where at two minutes the drums come in. At two twenty we get another guitar, and then at two thirty four like the doom kicks in, right? At yeah. two minutes and thirty four seconds, it's officially we've got a doom album. So there's that moment. Yeah. The other one. And then I even put like the song, the album, the band, it all takes off. Yeah. Anyway, then the other one that I put though is I really like this. Is, I mean, when you're dealing with songs of 15 minutes long, I got to deal with them in portions, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm looking at that, that sort of breakdown, the last three minutes of Devoid of Redemption, which was your grower. Yep. And it's in all of a sudden he like kicks into this kind of cool flanger effects on the vocals. There's this like Robert Plant esque breakdown kind of in those last three minutes. Yep. So those are my those are my two standout moments. Okay. Yeah, my I mean I guess it's it is easy to go with the obvious ones like the the acoustic opening. For me it it is an obvious one, but I just love the way the album finishes. Hmm. And that the last couple of minutes as as the sort of synth comes back and takes over and the guitars, this, this sort of extended improvised solos fade out and the synths sort of take us out of the album. It's sort of a, a transcendent moment, I think. It's sort of, you know, it's an album that really is about, is, is really about death and it, it, it sort of feels like, you know, a great end um, and there's something... You know, there's something deep about the the way the album finishes. That sort of angelic synth effect, that sort of choral effect that uh, sort of leads us out. So, yeah, very nice. Nice finish to the album. That's my standout moment. 
Standout lyric is the next category. It might be a concept album, but I'm not sure. So here's follow me on this. Foreigner, again, I already explained it. It's that sort of that old man and devoid of redemption is the person sort of watching this thing, right? Because the old man at the very end of Foreigner, he asks, I call out for help. And then devoid of redemption, we flash now to this different perspective and the guy watching this old man kind of coming in and he's busted up and, and, and right, no mercy is going to fall on his wretched head and he gets swept into the dark too late to return. And he watches the man have this moment of knowing that he's about to die. Right. He's watching this man know that. And that's what I think happens at the end of Foreigner. All right. Stay with me. So then the legend, we're now kind of watching the funeral. Right. We've now flashed forward a bit and we're watching a funeral from the tower. There's something mysterious. But the man that's telling the story and I think the funerals for the old man and the man that's telling the story is um, he's feeling he ends it with he's feeling cursed. Right. Uh, where does he say it? Uh, why does he, uh, here, who is this figure shrouded in the veil of death? Why does he seek me to inflict his curse upon my head? It might be that old man that he was talking about earlier. And then we go into an offering of grief. This one, somebody's dying. It's either the old man or it's the guy who was just cursed. I'm not sure. Um, and then given to the grave, finally the funeral. It's either the funeral that's being watched from the legend yeah. Or it's the guy that was cursed in the legend and it's his funeral. I don't know. That's, I'm just, I, that's. I like it. That's what I got. Okay. So what's your standout lyric? Oh. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do that. What, why does he seek me to <laughs> inflict his curse upon that bit? But yeah, I guess. All right. Yeah, because I guess that was the lyric that when. You know what that drives me crazy? Here's what it is. Is if I'm reading, if it happens in song lyrics or a book I'm reading, and all of a sudden there's the he. Well, who's the he? Who? who he who? Who are you talking about? <laughs> and if there's this like unnamed he, I, I need to find, I need to put that to something, right? If you're telling me he, then give me something. Well, this is and the this figure one, in the veil of death. That's the he. Right, 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 right. And the so I'm- spectre. But it keeps, I can see him lurking. I see it, right? And I keep thinking, and so anyway, that, it was that line where I started putting this, yeah. my I, I built my all my bullshit on that. So that'll be my standout lyric. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love the lyrics on this album. It's hard to pick a favorite. Um, I love this. This sort of shameless, you know, like in a good in a good way. Like it's just, this is just classic. High fantasy. Um, if I had to pick one, I don't know. Um, I, I mentioned before, no more to breathe the air, to feel the warmth of summer. It's just ticked over to summer in the Northern Hemisphere. Hmm. And it's always nice when it rolls around. So, uh, yeah, the idea that uh, there might sometime be your final summer and, you you know, I think that's a nice, that's a nice lyric. Um the other category we've got is the what were they thinking moment. Have you got one of those? I do, but I kind of, I'm taking it back. Yeah. Because oh. I just, I answered that question. My what were they thinking is just basically why were the vocals mixed so low? Right. But I think I resolved that. Yeah. So because I guess I don't. Sadder. Yeah. That's my thought. Yeah. I mean, the one bit for me where it got a little bit like, oh, is this really working? 
was that point in the offering of grief where it just everything they, they start doing this sort of reverby echoey thing and it starts to I can see the effect that they're going for the sort of it sort of build to this crescendo and it just but I, I don't know I think it sort of washes it, it just becomes a bit muddy at that point so that but I really like the way then it sort of resolves and then it goes back into a quiet a bit after that but yeah just at that point I just like well, hang on they everything's just off the dials here and I'm not quite sure this bit's working. So, hmm. um, yeah, that, that sort of climax of an offering of grief for me was just a little bit overdone. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm nitpicking on what I otherwise thought was an excellent album. Um, did you enjoy it? I did. I did yeah. like it. Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm curious to hear, and, th- and I feel this way about every time we do the first album of a band. I'm always really curious to hear where they're going. And I feel like we've done a really good job of picking bands that go somewhere interesting. Yep. And so I feel like with the exception of the Runaways. um, Well, they went somewhere interesting in a way. It did. It did go interesting. But I feel like every band we've done, each album has progressively gotten better. Yep. And, and I, and I, I kind of just assume that this is going to be another one of yeah. those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really enjoy this too. I mean, it's hard with like, it's just so it, it's potentially so overwhelmingly depressing in terms of the song titles, the band name, the, the artwork, the lyrics. And, and yet my overwhelming feeling was not that it was depressing or sad the feeling that stayed with me was this sort of feeling of being uplifted because it's at the same time it's been super heavy and, and, you know, about death. It's also beautiful and, and majestic and, um, and there's enough of those moments in it that, uh, that sort of, you know, stop you being just crushed by the weight of it all. Um, what was the, there was a Gojira album, which one? I think it was the one after they had lost their mother. Oh, and, yeah. we, and we both came back after that and we we're just like, Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like that just sucked it all out of us. Yeah. Um, this one isn't that. I mean, yeah, the, the albums are heavy. The title, sorry, the song titles are heavy, but it's telling a story. It's, it's yeah. like a fantasy yeah. novel, right? I mean, it's, it's telling a story. Yeah. It's, it, yeah, it doesn't have that. That yeah. darkness. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm not trying to. I mean, it's a doom band. They want the darkness. It has the darkness. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's, it's not, not a that... personal darkness. Yeah, yeah. There it is. There it is. Yeah. It's not an introspective darkness. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah, the fact that the vocals are up there and then, you know, there's some really nice moments too. So yeah, I, I really liked it. We've got a band Brownlow to do. Um, three, two, and one. Well, we start with the one, and we work our way up. Neither us, neither of us are prepared, so that's going to be an issue. In fact, I'm so pre- unprepared, I don't even remember the, the names of the band members. So you better go first while I look them up. <laughs> all right, so I'm going to go. All right, here we go. Um, my wait, how do I do this? My one point. My one point. Yeah. Yeah, for, yeah, your, my one for the third best performance. My third best performance. I'm going to go, n- n- no offense to him, 
but I'm going to go to Devin Holt on the guitars. Right. Um, and the second performance is going to go to Joseph Rowland, the bass player. Mm-hmm. Now, the reason that the one gets the two and the other gets the three or the whatever is because uh, I can't always tell the difference between the bass and the, and the guitar. Right. So the bass is just going to win. Yeah. It's just how that works. So, so, so since if I can't tell the difference and the basis comes out on top, yeah. um, and, and then I'm going to go ahead and give, uh, the, the top spot to Brett Campbell. Um, but not, I mean, y- you're right. I was pleasantly surprised by the vocal performance, like just kind of where it was going and what it was. It wasn't what I expected, but I do, I like the story. He seemed to have been the one that wrote most of the lyrics and I kind of like the story that are being put together by this album. So yeah, yeah. there it is. Uh, I want to give it to the drummer, but you're telling me that the drummer is not the actual drummer. I want to give one, the... I want to give one point to the drummer because I just love doom drums. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like if I could turn, go back to my 13 year old self, I would say get some drums and just be a doom metal drummer. It just looks like so much fun. Like, like I don't want to be Mario Duplantier or like it's just so much hard work. But Doom, you can just <laughs> just sit back and just beat hit him really hard, and you don't have to do all this fancy stuff with your feet. The clanging cymbal, I love that. You know, I love the sound of a Doom, a good Doom drummer. So I, I like the drums on this album. So I'm going to give it to the drummer, and we can work out which drummer exactly gets it later. But uh, uh, we'll get to the drummer. Um, yeah, you're right. It's hard to pick where the guitar in. Now, Brett Campbell has a guitar as well, right? So, Yes, he does. So that's the other problem I have. Like, Which guitar is which and who's playing? Mm. Like, I don't know. Uh, so I'm going to give Brett Campbell my best on ground, my three performance, because the vocals are what set this apart from other doom that I've heard in the past and, and uh, I love his lyrics, uh, which leaves two points. I'll give that to the bass player as well. I do like, there's a few moments in the album where the bass steps up and takes the sort of lead at the start of the legend, for example. So I'll give two to the bass. I, so here's the one thing I want to note is that they list Chuck Schaff as their drummer. Yeah. And Zach Stein played on the album. But I don't know that we're ever going to see Chuck Schaff again. Yeah, well, he's. I'm just looking at the Wikipedia page. Zach Stein played drums from 2009 to 2012. Truck Chuck Schaff played drums in 2012, and that's it. And their current drummer is Mark Leally from 2012 to the present. So it looks like Chuck's uh, didn't get long on the kit. <laughs> yeah, there might have been a reason they replaced him in the recording. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Huh. All right. So, okay, hold up. So you, okay. I'm just documenting all of this for our one, eager. One to the drummer. Got it. Who happens to be Zach Stein on this recording. Uh, two to the bass player, Joseph D. Roland, and one uh-huh. to the lead vocalist, one of the guitarists and the synthesizer, or I think he plays synth on... I think that's his synth work, maybe. Brett Campbell. Okay. Got it. Yeah. So Foundations of Burden, we're going to see a new drummer. Is that what you just told me? I believe so. All right. 
Yes. And I've ordered it already. It's on the way. I, uh, Discogs, I've ordered it from Discogs. I think it's coming from Sweden, this one. So. All right. Well, we're done with this album then. Yeah? Yeah. I... What I... I guess I'm curious to know what was your like under what circ like what was your listening experience with it? Uh, well, I bought it for my trip. I bought it. Remember, I actually listened to this before we'd finished with the previous album we were doing. So I, my first listen was on a plane to Australia, thirty hours of travel time. So yeah, the first time I heard it was on my headphones on a plane. I listened to it a little bit in Australia, but then came back and the CD was here. So. Uh, my main, most focused listening was has been sitting at my CD player with my headphones plugged into the CD player. So yeah, and you? Yeah, same. I was I listened to this on the flight from Japan back to the US. Was where I did much of the listening, uh, but my focused listening was kind of more when we got back here and I was up at three a.m. because of jet lag. What about in the in the truck when you're taking stuff to the dump? That's where you do much of <laughs> I just did that today <laughs> and yes, I listened to it again on the way to the dump. Oh, um, uh, but by that point I had pretty much already I don't know if it's say. great taking stuff to the dump music, is it? It's, it's not. No. no, no, it's not. Um, <laughs> so I'm hoping they pick it up a bit in the next couple albums. It's more a late dump. night album. Uh-huh. Um, but the, it was hard. It was hard. It took me a long time to wrap my head around it. Right. Just in the sense of trying to figure out how to compartmentalize it. Yeah. Right. Because we've got these categories. And I was trying to figure out how, like, with, we, the first time we did this with the, was with the Runaways. And it it was so natural to do it with the Runaways. Yeah. And, and I love that we had to sort of test our new format up against this band because it was not natural. Yeah. And, and I kind of like, in the end, it was, it was sort of like with the filler, realizing, you know what, I don't have to pick a song. Yeah. I can pick a moment. Yeah. And it was sort of kind of realizing how to, I don't know, kind of restructure our format to yeah, fit. Yeah. I don't know. It was, but it, it took me a while to figure out how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It is a challenge. Like, it's not... It's not easy listening by any stretch. It's easy to put this on and think about something else, and, and you realize, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not, I'm not listening. So it does challenge the listener in that way, and it, and right? It, but it's worth, it's worth persevering, and it doesn't well, matter. Like you, I sort of you get mad at yourself, like, oh, damn, I, I should be listening, but I'm not. But that's okay too. Like you've got to sort of relax and just say, okay, I'll come back to this another time. Well, there are, and there are moments where it's like, shoot. What am I on the third track already? Did I what what happened? And then oh no wait no I'm still on the first track. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that happened quite a bit too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, uh, let's look forward to the second one. Yeah, and um, yeah, we've both got a little bit more free time, so well, who knows? But we might be able to pump one out a bit sooner. But we'll we always say that. But, uh, well, I lugged all of my recording gear halfway across the world so yeah we're, we're damn well doing another one yeah and nice to be slightly closer in time zones only five hours difference this time i know i know i'm not I, yes we get on the same wavelength almost <laughs> although you always seem to be like you at 6 a.m and me at 11 p.m seem to be you you know if the roles are reversed i don't think that would work so well me at six AM. I don't think I want to be recording that. I've done it. We've done it a couple of times. 
Yeah. You you have kids that sleep in. I don't. I have. Yeah. I'm. I yeah. I, I have no practice. It's been. It's been six years since I've slept past seven a.m. Oh well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we're we're very lucky in that way. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, enjoy those holidays. Enjoy uh, enjoy the mountain air. Yeah, thank you. You too. Are we going to be so the next time we record this? Well, maybe not. We might have to be mindful because you won't. I know that you've got some bouncing around between Spain and Italy in your future. Yeah, we'll figure but, something out. Yeah. Okay. We'll I'll, wherever I go, I'll take my mic and my headphones and my doom. Amazing. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, listeners. As always, it's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Unshuffled. I hope you enjoyed this album as much as I did and Scott kind of did. Um, unshufflepod.com is uh, the website where you can find all the show notes and we'll put them up soon. We usually get to it within a few days of publishing. Uh, Twitter, you'll find us at UnshuffledPod. We're still on Twitter, uh, for better or worse. UnshuffledPod at gmail.com is our email address. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you to Small Stone and Seven Planets for the use of the track Vanguard off their great album Explorer. Worth checking out, as all Small Stone bands are. Great label. And uh, we'll chat soon, Scott. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Thank you, uh, listener. Yeah.